Hey, so we are continuing this series uh, called Foundations, where we're talking about things that are foundational aspects to our faith. And the reason that, uh, you know, the, the leadership team, uh, the reason that we decided to do this series is because we just feel like if you are like me, throughout the years, uh, you see people who just seem to, like, have such an easy time worshiping. Or like have such an easy time praying for people or sharing their faith or doing these things that like most of us know we're supposed to do but maybe you find that you have a hard time or that you struggle with some of them or you don't understand why we do them or how to do them or it just feels like it doesn't come as naturally uh for you um and maybe you're not maybe you like our professional Christian who like all of this stuff is very, very easy for you, but I'm hoping that there's some like really practical things, some really uh, just some nuggets that you can take from each one of these weeks. And so far, um, each week, even though the times where I'm not preaching, uh, there's, there's nuggets that I'm like, oh, that is so good. I'm going to incorporate that into my normal rhythms. And so this week we're going to be talking about prayer. We're going to be talking about prayer, um, particularly your own personal prayer life. We're going to be talking about praying for others uh, in, in an upcoming week. But this week we're going to be talking about developing a prayer life. Um, if you read through the Bible, you'll see that prayer is a big part of our faith. All throughout, from the very beginning, there's, there's this idea of prayer, of praying. And then there's things that we can read in the New Testament, like 1 Thessalonians 5 will tell us to pray without ceasing. And if you're like me, that feels overwhelming. Like, how do I pray without ceasing? Uh, Paul in the book of Romans says to devote yourself to prayer. In chapter 12, he tells us that we should, like, commit to, like, nonstop prayer. And that can feel like a lot. That can feel like a lot. And I know that, that people have different relationships with prayer. I know Amy has a war room. No, <laughs> that's an inside joke. Sorry. Uh, but different people, like some people, like they, they, they like pray for two hours a day or some people like just like, man, I don't remember the last time I prayed. Or maybe often you've wondered like, what is the point of prayer? Does it even do anything? Does it change anything? I prayed for situations and it doesn't even seem like anything changed. I know right now there's this conversation when, when something tragic happens, when, when there's a, a school shooting or something awful happens, and on social media someone will post, you know, my thoughts and prayers go out to, you know, the victims or something. And then there's a response that says, we're done with thoughts and prayers. We need action. And I don't know if you've ever struggled with that, of thinking like, well, what, what's the point of thoughts and prayers? Or do we need to be a church that is a church that is committed to action? One of my favorite quotes from an, a, a hero of mine from Frederick Douglass said this. He said, I prayed for freedom for 20 years, but received no answers until I prayed with my legs. 
what he was saying was, uh, I prayed and prayed, and then I, I used action, and I saw something happen. What I believe is this idea of thoughts and prayers versus action is uh, something that we don't need to pit against one another. Instead of it being an either-or conversation, I believe it's a both-and conversation. When I see tragedies, I think it is appropriate to pray. When there are struggles, when there are hard times in our life, it's appropriate to pray. But I think it's also appropriate to act, to respond. So we want this church to be a church of action, who when we see injustice, when we see uh, hard things and evil things in our communities, that we act, that we do things to make a difference, that we do things to, to, to help those who are marginalized, who are struggling. But I also want us to be a praying church, a church that commits itself to prayer, like Paul says, a, a, a church that devotes ourselves to prayer because I believe that there is power in prayer. I believe that there's power in prayer. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about a little bit about why we pray. We're, we're going to get into that a little bit. But I also want to get into some really practical ways of how we can pray. And we'll, we'll touch on a little bit, and, and probably in future weeks we'll talk about it more, but I want to talk about a little bit by why sometimes we pray for things and we don't see anything happen. So we're going to be talking about those things. And my hope is whether you are a prayer warrior or whether you struggle to pray, there can be uh, some really, really helpful nuggets in here for you. So with that being said, let's pray. Uh, Holy Spirit, we invite you here. We thank you that you are here, and we ask that you would guide us this morning, and I, pr I pray that my words do not get in the way of what you want to say this morning. In your name, amen. All right, so let's start off with what's the purpose of prayer? Why do we pray? Um, oftentimes, I'll hear people give very simple answers to big questions like this. Like, the purpose of prayer is blank. And let me just say, whenever you hear someone give a very simple answer to a big concept like what is prayer, most likely they're giving you a half-truth, uh, which is a full lie. Um, they're not, it's not a lie, but it's, 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 it's only a portion of the full picture of what prayer is. Um, but if I had to answer, if someone said, what is the purpose of prayer? I would say prayer connects us to God. Prayer is about connection. Prayer should lead us to intimacy with God. I would say that is the primary, not the only, but the primary reason we pray. Uh, there's a guy named Richard Foster who has written a lot about spiritual disciplines, in particular prayer. He's got a book called Prayer that's just phenomenal. But he says this. He says, of all spiritual disciplines, prayer is the most central because it ushers us into perpetual communion with the Father. 
what Richard Foster is saying is the most important thing we do as believers, as followers of Jesus, is prayer because it connects us with the living God. Prayer is sharing our heart with God, our desires, our passions, our fears, our insecurities, our, our concerns, even, even our disappointments and anger with God. Prayer is, is, is communicating with him, having communion with him. Prayer is also learning more about who God is and what his heart is and what he feels passionate about and what his desires are for you. Prayer connects us with God and gives us intimacy with him. Prayer is communion with the God of the universe. Isn't that crazy? Think about that. The same God who spoke the universe into existence. The same God who, who parted the Red Sea. The same God who, who died and rose again wants to have communion with you. Wants to hear what's on your mind. Wants to hear about your day. And wants you to hear about his heart. God is a knowable God who wants relationship with you. And I love this quote by Richard Foster where he says, Real prayer, listen to this, this is really good. Real prayer comes not from gritting our teeth, but from falling in love. I love that. That so many times we think of prayer as like, I just got to do it. I got I to, gotta, you know, grit my teeth and pull up my bootstraps and just pray more because we're supposed to pray. But Richard Foster says prayer is about falling in love. Sometimes prayer can feel like a duty or an obligation. Sometimes love can be obligation and duty. But, but the more I believe we fall in love with Jesus, the more we pray and the more we commune with him, I think you can't help but, but just see how beautiful he is. And how amazing and wonderful and kind and strong and faithful he is. And you just can't help but fall in love with him and want to connect with him more. And so sometimes we do. We just pray out of an obligation. But the more we do that, I think the more we fall in love with him. And it just becomes a part of what we do. So. Prayer is about connection with God, but it's not only about that. Another thing that prayer does is prayer changes us. Prayer changes us. I love this quote by Soren Kierkegaard, which uh, is one of my favorite authors uh, and thinkers. He, he says this. He says, prayer does not change God, but it changes him who prays. Kierkegaard is saying that prayer is about us being formed, us coming into understanding of the will of God and, and being transformed from the inside out to be more like the person who God created us to be. I'll tell you this, guys. My, um, in my life, I have been radically changed by church community. I have been radically changed by reading the Bible. I have been changed by studying, uh, you know, books by people who've studied the Bible very, very hard, but I have been changed 
mostly by connection with God. The thing that has had the biggest impact on me is, is communion with Jesus, being in his presence, connecting with him changes me, and I believe it will change you the more that you connect with the presence of God. I've shared this a number of times, but I remember early on in the stages of even just dreaming about church planting, I had to come up with, like, what is our purpose as a church? And I said, we want to be a church that's committed to the teachings of Jesus. And I think that's a beautiful thing to say, but it's only uh, kind of partial truth. I remember right as I thought that, like, oh, we're committed to the teachings of Jesus, I felt like a little check in my spirit that the Lord was saying, no, you're not committed to the teachings of Jesus, you're committed to the person of Jesus. And that's, there's a huge difference. There's lots of people who are committed to doing the right things. But I think what God is calling us into is a relationship with the, the living God. And again, that's what changes us. Not just the, 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 the teachings, but the actual person of Jesus. It transforms us. Um, so there's a power to change us in our prayers. But I also believe that there's something mysterious, something supernatural that happens in our prayers. And I'm just like a little bit medieval enough to believe that prayer changes things. I do. I believe it because I have seen it. I have seen God answer prayers. I have seen miracles. I have seen people who have tumors in their neck, and we pray for it, and they leave. It's a true story. It was like right before we moved up here to Cleveland, there was this guy who came up to me and said he's got tumors, and he's going to go get a biopsy on them on Monday, and can you just pray that everything goes all right? And so I, like, gave one of those, like, you know, half-hearted prayers where you just don't think anything's going to happen, but you just pray and then start explaining to him why sometimes prayers don't work. And he came back the next week and said, I went to the doctor and my tumors were gone. And I was like, wow. Prayer works. Prayer changes things. I remember we had a small group Laura and I that we led, and there were like, uh, there were two people, two couples in our small group who were struggling with infertility, and they really wanted to have kids, but they just, they had gone through all of these treatments, and they just couldn't get pregnant, and we prayed and prayed, um, and then we saw one of them get pregnant, and we're like, oh, this is cool, and then we saw the other one get pregnant, and then someone caught wind of that, and they were like, hey, we're going to send our friend to your small group. They can't, and we prayed for them, and they got pregnant. And I'm, this is not an exaggeration. We saw five couples in the course of like two months, uh, or like maybe a little bit longer, like three months, uh, get pregnant. It was crazy. It was like this, th th I don't have an explanation for this. And I could tell you more and more stories of prayers that I have seen God answer, but I could also tell you stories of people that I've prayed for and things that I've prayed for, and the situation stays the same. And I have struggled with that. Do you ever, do you ever struggle with that? Why do we pray for, for a family member's cancer to go away, and it doesn't? 
Why do I pray for my depression to leave, but I, I still feel depressed? Why do I pray that I can find a good job, but I can't find a good job? Why do, why do I pray for this relationship to be restored and it's not? I believe it's in God's will that, that all of those things to be restored. I really do. We read in Revelation where it tells us that one day Jesus is going to come and he's going to wipe every tear. There'll be no more sickness, no more death, no more fear, no more abuse, no more abandonment, no more racism. And I believe that God is going to make all things right and all things new, but we're living in this time where when Jesus came, he introduced his, his kingdom and said, the kingdom is here, but I'm going to come again and I'm going to fully establish our kingdom. And so we're living in this time that, that we refer to as the now and the not yet, where his kingdom is here. We see prayers be, you know, answered. We see the miraculous, but not all the time. And so what we do when we pray, it's like going to that future reality of the no more tears, the no more sickness, and we grab a handful of the future kingdom and say, what about today? That's why we pray, let your kingdom come today. And so sometimes we see it, sometimes we don't, but we, we keep hope because one day all will be restored. But that doesn't mean we don't still pray today. So let's get practical. Let's get practical. How do we pray? The Bible talks a bunch about a different, all these different types of prayers, all these different ways of praying. Uh, there are prayers of thanksgiving and praise uh, where we say, you're, you're awesome, God. We love you, and we're so thankful for, you know, family, and we're so thankful for, you know, the food you provided or whatever it is. There's prayers of petition where you're saying, God, can you help me with this? God, can you, can you deliver us from this, or can you change this situation? There's prayers of repentance and confession where you say, God, I've, I've blown it. I've got myself in this bad situation, and God, would you forgive me? Would you, would you help me in this? There's prayers of intercession where we say, Lord, would you help my friend who's struggling? Would you help these people? Or intercession is, is praying on behalf of someone else. There's, there's prayers of lament. This is one that we don't talk about within the church where it's prayers of saying, God, I don't like what's happening. God, I don't like what you're doing. God, I thought you were going to do this in my life, but you're not. And it's expressing your disappointment and frustrations with God. It's biblical. Uh, there's prayers of intimacy where it's just like, God, would you draw close? Would you be with me? There's all these different types of prayers. But what I want to do is, as we wrap up real quickly, I want to tell you five prayers that I pray, like, uh, almost every day. Um, and so I just encourage you that that you know, to maybe take some of these ideas and incorporate them into your life. If you like them, use them. If you don't like them, don't use them. But, you know, maybe, maybe give it a try. Um, the first prayer is the Lord's Prayer. 
this is, you might know it as Our Father. Um, and I know, probably, I know some of you come from like a Catholic background, and we come from all these different backgrounds, and we can have different relationships with the Lord's Prayer. Some of you might be like, I don't want to hear that prayer ever again. And so I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it really quickly. Um, but this is a very helpful prayer because this prayer was um, someone, one of the disciples came to Jesus and said, how do we pray? And Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. This was Jesus's answer to how you pray. And I think if Jesus said this is a good way to pray, it's probably pretty good. Um, but I'm just going to read it for you real fast. He said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is an amazing prayer. Um, a few months back, we did a whole sermon just on this prayer. Um, and so there's actually, there's actually a QR code. If you want to listen to that sermon, you could scan the QR code. Um, and it's just real helpful. And I'm not going to really break the prayer down this morning. But really, if you go line by line, it's like really captures just about all the aspects that, that are really important in prayer. From starting off by saying, Dad, you're my dad. I love you. There's intimacy with you. And then, you know, on and on. It's like really a good practical prayer. Um, so we're not going to go super deep into that one, but just I just encourage you, the Lord's Prayer is awesome. Um, here's a prayer that I say every morning. Literally every morning I say a version of this prayer. Um, and I don't say it because I'm super holy. I say it because I'm super insecure. And if I don't say it, I, I find that I try to get identity out of everything else in this world. I try to get identity out of what my wife thinks about me or what you guys think about me or my success. But when I do this prayer, I find I function maybe a little bit better in the morning. So here's what I do. I, I start off by just saying, hi, Jesus, some kind of hey, God, and I wait, and I say, will you be close to me? Can you come near to me right now? I want to experience your presence. I want to be close to you. And then I say, will you tell me who I am? Because I have so many other things that tell me who I am, and I don't like those things. Will you tell me who you say I am? And I say, can you, can you help me today? Can you help me with, you know, what you've called me to do? Can you help me with this situation that I'm going through? Can you help me, like, be more patient with my daughter today? Can you help me? And if there's, like, really specific things I want help with, I'll, I'll bring those up. But it's like, can you just be with me throughout the day? And then finally, I'll just stop by saying, is there anything that you'd like to say? And then I wait, and I listen. And I'll tell you what, guys. 
when I'm like busy and I and like this prayer I usually do in like two minutes. Sometimes it's like a little bit longer, but I just kind of go through and and I don't necessarily like do each step exactly the same, but it's just some some kind of thing like God be close to me, tell me who I am, help me, and do you have anything that you'd like to say to me? It's really helpful. Another prayer that uh, I do like a million times, you can go to the next one, is exchanges. I make exchanges with God all throughout the day. And this, this is a super, super simple prayer. Essentially, an exchange is saying, God, uh, I have this. I have this insecurity. Or God, I have this bitterness. Or God, I have this, you know, thing in my life that feels out of control, and I want to give it to you. And in return, I want what you have for me. I've shared that story with you guys about how my dad used to uh, meet with his grandfather at the train station. And my dad kind of had a rough childhood, and his parents didn't really uh, express love to him, but his grandfather did. And so you get really excited to see his grandfather. Whenever he would see him at the train station, they lived in New York, he would, his grandfather would reach into his pocket and say, hey, I'll trade you what's in my pocket for what's in yours. And so my dad would pull out like a rubber band or some trash or something, and his grandpa would pick out like a candy bar or like a dollar bill or something. And my dad would always think, my grandpa's stupid. Like, he's always got good stuff, and I got the horrible stuff. But really, I think his grandpa was, was unknowingly teaching him that's how God is. God says, I have good things for you. I have these things that, like, you know, we look at the fruit of the Spirit. These are things like peace and joy and hope and love and self-control, all of these things that probably each and every one of us needs, right? And they're called fruits of the Spirit. They're not things like when you think about self-control, sometimes we think I got to be more controlled and I got to work harder, but this is a gift. These are gifts from God, and God wants to freely give these things to his kids. So I, I, I so often throughout the day say, God, I have fear. I'm afraid about this thing. Can you give me hope? It's a gift, and I wait. Or God, I have this bitterness towards this person. Can you give me love for this person? Or whatever it is, fill in the blank. But I make exchanges probably, you know, depending on the day, like all throughout the day. All throughout the day. So I encourage you to do that. Another prayer that I do uh, pretty much every evening is called a prayer of examine. Is anyone familiar with a prayer of examine? Yeah, it's, it's a great prayer. Um, but essentially, it's just kind of saying to the Lord, uh, can you help me examine how my day went? Can you help me see what you were doing throughout the day? So it says you place yourself in God's presence, give thanks for, God, uh, for God's great love for you. You pray for the grace to understand how God is acting in your life. And then you begin to review your day. You just think about what was going on in your day. Think about specific moments and your feelings at the time. Think about 
when you felt connected to God. Think about when you felt disconnected from God. Think about what you did that felt like good and the things that didn't feel so good. And you begin to ask God, um, reflect on what you did, set or thought in those instances. Were you drawing closer to God or further away from him? And then you look towards tomorrow and think of how you might collaborate more effectively with God's plan. I don't do it exactly like this. I do like just basically like I'm going to think about my day and invite you into what we did today. And so it's really helpful. Um, And then the last prayer that I want to tell you about is very simple. It's just come Holy Spirit. This is an ancient prayer. You can find this prayer in, like, early church fathers would pray, Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. And, and it's, it's, some people have an issue with the semantics of it. They will say, well, God is everywhere. He's already here. Why do you say, come, Holy Spirit? But essentially what it means is, God, your will, your kingdom, your presence, your tangible presence, your, uh, your desires are welcome here. And we give you permission, I give you permission to have your way in this situation. So I often will pray this prayer, come Holy Spirit, or some version of it, come Lord. And then I wait. Because I think we often think about prayer as a monologue. We think about prayer as going to God and saying, you know, here are the things I need help with. And maybe if we're doing well, we say, and these are the things I am thankful for. But usually, my most common prayer is, oh, help me, Jesus. Some version of, oh, God. (laughs) But we we just think about prayer as us talking to God, but this prayer says, no, God wants to interact with us, too. I had this, this young uh, high school girl one time say that she prays every day this prayer where she says, hi, Jesus, and nothing else, and just sits with him. And I was like, that's beautiful. I want to do that. We don't give God the space. So many people say they have trouble hearing from God, but oftentimes we don't give him the space to speak to us. We're going to talk more about that next week. But I love this verse. It says, uh, you show that you are a letter from Christ. You are a letter. I love that. We're like living letters. We're letters from Christ as the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of our human heart. I love this verse because what it's saying is God writes his word on our hearts and on our minds. Did you know that not every thought you have is your own? Not every emotion you feel is your own. A lot of that is the Lord saying, I'm speaking to you. And we begin to recognize the things that he's saying when we Give him space to do it. And we say, God, is that you? I don't know how many times just randomly 
I will like have someone come to my mind. Like I'll be praying and you know, and and oftentimes I'll reach out to you guys and say, hey, I was praying this morning and you came to my mind. Can I pray for you about anything? And more often than not, they're like, yes, yes, thank you for reaching out because I'm going through this thing. Or, oh my gosh, I can't believe you just reached out because uh, literally I was just thinking about blah, 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 blah. And, and, and so I, I test it out. And sometimes I test stuff out and I'm like, oh, that wasn't the Lord. That was, I just ate pizza too late last night and I think some weird stuff. But not every thought is our own, but we ask the Lord to come and then we wait for him to speak to us. And I would encourage you, incorporate this into your life. Try to create space in your prayer life to uh, listen to him, to hear from him. And so actually, this is how I want to end. This might feel a little uncomfortable, but we're going to be quiet. Because one is, I think God wants to say some stuff to us this morning. And two, aren't you tired of hearing me talk? No, aren't you tired of just constantly being bombarded with noise? What if just this morning we can take a minute, a couple minutes, where we're quiet, and we say, come Holy Spirit. And maybe it's just some quiet time where we can, like, breathe, but maybe God will say something to you. So I want to encourage you, as we do this, to listen. To think about your thoughts that are going through your mind. Don't dismiss them. Sometimes we think, I'm trying to pray. I'm trying to focus on God. And God's like, I'm trying to tell you something. Like, take your thought and be like, was this you, Lord? No? Okay. And so, uh, before we do that, just a couple things real quick. There are some opportunities that we have here as a church to practice this stuff together because sometimes practicing it with other people is helpful to say, Lord, you know, or, you know, I think you're saying this to me and to bounce it off of someone else and say, hey, I felt like God was saying this. What do you think? And they'll be like, yeah, that sounds like God. Um, so one is we have our prayer walk coming up. And our prayer walk this Saturday, we do this thing where we, we walk around different parts of our communities, and we pray over the community. We pray for the houses. Lord, what might you be doing in this neighborhood? We pray for the church. We pray for one another. We say, Lord, you know, like, what are you doing in Naomi's life? What are you doing in Eli's life? And would you bless them? And then we just kind of see, we practice that just quiet to see if the Lord maybe wants to speak to us. So I encourage you, this Saturday, 9 a.m., Cumberland Park, we just go for a walk. We all need to go for walks more anyways. Uh, come on out. We're going to pray. And then also, every Sunday at 9.30, Karen, who is actually gone this, this week, so not every week, but pretty much every Sunday, Karen prays from 9.30 to 10 for the church service, and just the community. And so if that sounds like something you would like to do, um, come on out, 9.30. She meets upstairs and pray for one another. If you have things that you want prayer for, that's a perfect time to get prayer. But also it's just a time to sit and pray and commune with the living God. 
So I want to invite you to that too. But let's do this. Let's be quiet and invite the Holy Spirit. You guys up for that? Okay. And just pay attention. Just thoughts, feelings, uh, sensations in your body. Sometimes, uh, it's so cute. Olive has this thing that whenever we do this, because uh, I practice with Olive, she, her hand starts tingling. And the first time she said, Dad, I think God's holding my hand. And I was like, that's really cool. That's sweet. And it's a special thing that God does with her. And, I, and he's never done that with me. But th- isn't that cool? I think God has ways that he wants to connect with you. And that maybe, like, you'll feel, like, overwhelming, you know, grief. And maybe your body needs to release some grief or something. I don't know. I don't want to put it on you because it might be something I've never seen before. Uh, last week we talked about, in Sunday school, I taught Sunday school last week, and we talked about tongues of fire <laughs> coming down. I was like, guys, I've never seen tongues of fire, but maybe you will someday. But we just want to be open. God, God might want to speak to us in a weird way. And like I said, I am just medieval enough to think that he, he, he shows up. So let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit.